And we are live. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen. Bienvenidos, señores y señores. This is the NAI Ball Podcast. I am recording on 513. It is a Saturday morning, and I am just thrilled to have power and the ability to be able to uh, really talk with y'all this week. We had some really nasty storms here in South Texas. We're two weeks removed uh, from basically almost hurricane force winds knocking out power for a majority of our area, including myself for multiple days. So, you know, we're, we're super thrilled to be able to do this with y'all and have this podcast and have this opening round rundown. Um, it's the best time of the year. The opening round starts on Monday. It's a quick turnaround for all of this stuff. You know, all all of this comes out on Thursday, and uh, we've got to get everything moving, rolling, and done by the time that it all comes to fruition here. You know, uh, but the, the turnaround time as far as homework goes is, is, is pretty tight, and um, 46 teams is all that remains. So when you really look at it in the essence of it with 203, about 88% of the league has already been eliminated. This is the top 22% essentially. So... Without further ado, what's in this show? We're going to talk and highlight conference tournament winners. I, I want to make sure we give them uh, some love. We're going to talk who got left out. We're going to talk opening round breakdown for every single opening round. We're going to highlight every single team and then where the World Series teams come from. So if we kind of fly through a lot of stuff and there's not too much opinion, uh, I know some of you don't won't mind that. But if we kind of fly through a lot of stuff, you know, there's some thunder outside. The rain's getting bad. I don't want the power to go out for us to lose internet and, and lose the ability uh, to be able to post this uh, podcast. So I, I really think that, that we need to uh, kind of keep moving here and keep going on. So when we take a look at where those conference champions came from in those conference tournaments, I want to highlight the following teams. Uh, Columbia defeated Missouri Baptist in the American Midwest by a score of 11-6. Union defeated Bryan in the Appalachian Athletic by a score of 12-7. Uh, Antelope Valley in the CalPAC Championship took down Ben U. Mesa 4-3. British Columbia defeated Oregon Tech in the Cascade Championship 11-7. St. Xavier defeated Indiana South Bend in the Chicagoland Championship game 7-1. Georgia Gwinnett defeated Fisher in the Continental, 27-4. That conference gets two bids. Conference, quotations. Indiana Wesleyan defeated uh, Huntington 6-5. Westmont defeated Hope International 9-3. Doan in the GPAC title defeated Concordia, Nebraska 1-0. Dillard in the GCAC title, their first baseball championship since 2017 for that entire conference. Uh, Dillard defeated Rust 8-3. Grandview Defeated Mid-America Nazarene 11-5 in the heart. McPherson defeated Kansas Wesleyan on a walk-off for the KCAC title 6-5. Cumberlands and Freed Hardeman played a rain-shortened game. The final score there uh, was 4-1 in five complete innings. Bellevue defeated Mayville State 9-7. And then uh, Houston Victoria took down LSUA 12-2 to win that title in the Red River Athletic Conference. Point Park defeated IUS 18-4 in the deciding game. Oklahoma City took down USAO 13-3. Mobile defeated William Carey 22-10. Southeastern took out Weber International in back-to-back games, but in the deciding game won 19-4. And then Madonna took both games in the series. The deciding factor game, though, was 9-7 in the WAC 
championship series. So it was great conference tournaments. Uh, we had a lot of surprises, a lot of shocks. We went 14 for 14, and really, I had 13 that I, w- I felt really good about. It was that 14 spot. I actually felt really good about Morningside getting in. I thought that they were in, uh, you know, just their metrics and, and trying to put myself in the placement of, of the committee. I thought Morningside was was pretty close to a, a, a sure thing, like I felt with USAO, like I felt with Texas Wesleyan, Ave Maria, Cumberland, Tennessee, or Cumberland, Tennessee. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Reinhardt was my last team in, and they were the one that I kind of decided while we were, um, I guess, really on on that broadcast, uh, on that Twitter spaces. And what it was more than anything was there were a couple of teams I thought could could go. Now, obviously, you have an issue where the number twenty-three team in the nation didn't didn't make it in. Uh, that's that's a problem. You know, does it devalue? The coaches poll. I mean, th- those are those are things that we're going to have to ask ourselves and talk about. Uh, you know, you have a team, and I get it. I get it. There were plenty of people that were angry about Loyola being in the top twenty-five yesterday or this past week. You know, um, I thought some of the points were valid. Some of the points didn't make much sense. Uh, I thought some of the teams that were that were considered uh, really. I, I I thought Talladega had an opportunity. Uh, Clark, maybe Loyola, you know, I feel like there were really three or four teams. I know middle Georgia state was very vocal about it all. I felt that they were on the, on the lower end of that, that list. Uh, but I, I did end up thinking that Reinhardt was the correct choice. Uh, I think Nick Herford also from, from perfect game had 14 for 14. Nick is, uh, Nick was actually our first ever podcast guest. So I, I know that there were some people from an unnamed school in Kansas that we won't get into, uh, you know, that we're trying to divide some stuff up there. But Nick is has nothing but absolute, absolute admiration from me, um, you know. And we don't have to agree with everything we we do or say. But I love you know that that he's uh, back doing this. I think it's great to have multiple places that you can get information from. I think it's great to have multiple outlets. But more than anything, uh, Nick was our first ever podcast guest. That dude, as far as I'm concerned, you know, is is special. And, uh, you know, we're, we're definitely thankful for him for, for doing that. So I'm happy with who got in. Uh, I think I let the committee know that, that I thought they did a great job. Uh, obviously you can tweak seating here or there, but I thought overall they did a very good job in, in making sure that, that all the teams were, were in correctly and that, um, everything kind of, you know, was, was the right way. And so I, I think, I think that, that there was a, a very good, job by the selection committee overall and uh you know we're gonna have a good tournament i'm excited monday tuesday wednesday we're trying to still figure out who's got a free broadcast who doesn't trying to work through all of that but we'll get through it all together let's go ahead and get into these teams and we will kick things off we're going to go out of order i know that um the selection show all of that was in order bellevue blah 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 I want to kick things off with the number one team in the nation, the number one overall seed in the nation out in Fayette, Missouri. The host team there is Central Methodist, and the number one seed in that tournament is, of course, the Fire of Southeastern, 52-4, and four, the Sun champion, their eighth opening round appearance, 16-6 and six all-time in opening round, with four opening round titles. Third, 358 average, a 273 team ERA, 
Isaac Nunez is hitting 440 with 88 hits, 14 doubles, 15 home runs, and 56 RBIs. There's that thunder right on cue. And Darian Smith has 72 in two-third inning pitch, 10 and three record, two complete games, 107 Ks, and a 297 ERA. Plus, they got that Rob Adams guy. The two seed is Kansas Wesleyan, who's 42 and 13, KCAC automatic qualifier. Their fifth opening round, seven and eight overall in the opening round with no opening round titles. They're hitting 327 with a 448 ERA. Jarrett Gable has a 362 average with 75 hits, 22 home runs, and 79 RBIs. And then Nathan Riggie has 88 innings pitched with a 10 and 2 record, 101 Ks, and a 378 ERA. Central Methodist is the three seed. They are 34-17 and 17 as an at-large bid. They are a host team as well. Their fourth opening round, 4-6 and six all-time in opening rounds, with one opening round title. I will say that the league website is wrong. I, I know for a fact that Central Methodist played for a national title championship <laughs> recently, a few years ago, and uh, uh, the, the NAI website doesn't have them doing that, and that's, that's not right. So, a 333 average, a 376 ERA. Robbie Merced is hitting 384 with 71 hits, eight home runs, 41 RBIs. Alan West, 81 and a third innings pitch, nine and two records, seven complete games, 103 strikeouts with a 299 ERA. Madonna is the four seed, and Madonna is 35 and 15. They are the WAC automatic qualifier and the WAC champion. Their eighth appearance in an opening round, they're five and 14 all time with no opening round titles and a 339 average. A 7.08 ERA. Jace Matkin is hitting 384 with 68 hits, 20 home runs, 65 RBIs, and Nate Blaine has 76 and two thirds innings pitched with a nine and one record, 79 Ks and 3.64 ERA. On top of that, the five seed is St. Francis, Illinois. They're 25 and 26 in the CCAC automatic qualifier from being the regular season champion. Sixth opening round all time, eight and ten, no opening round titles, 295 team ERA. Or excuse me, 295 team average, 576 team ERA. Eric Maffey sitting 387 with 70 hits, 20 home runs, 62 RBIs, and Mac Malsuwiski. Sorry if I got that wrong, Mac. 74 and two-thirds innings pitch, four and three, 45 Ks, and a 386 ERA in Fayette. Folks, the star power for this one. You're talking about Gary Laura, Isaac Nunez, Rob Adams, Darian Smith, uh, Jarrett Gable. Robbie Merced, Alan West, Jace Matkin, Eric Maffey. I mean, there is so much star power in Fayette, Missouri. And one of the things we need to look at, like I said, seating could be a little bit different. With this much star power in a region, I I understand, you know, America picked SEU in, in our poll to win by a long shot. But with this much star power, it's something you got to be wary about. I don't know if it's a it's a full-on bracket for the number one overall seed in the nation, unless they're not the number one overall seed in the nation, but then that would be insane. Uh, so I'm I'm very surprised uh, that that this is their opening round. I figured they would be in Fayette. I figured CMU would be the three. I think overall, I'm, I'm kind of surprised. There's a lot of star power in this bracket. It is heavy with guys who are going to be heavily considered for the all-NAI ball team. So how we picked them, uh, Connor is going to take Southeastern to win it, and he will take Kansas Wesleyan as his dark horse. Taylor will take uh, Southeastern to win it, and Central Methodist as his dark horse. I'm, I mean, you got to take Southeastern, I think, to win it. Um, I, for dark horse, it's it's between the two and three seed here. Uh, Madonna's had a great year. St. Francis had a good year, but I, I think that Kansas Wesleyan and, and Central Methodist that two three game, whoever wins that is going to be the dark horse. I I. If CMU throws Allen West in game one, 
it'll be interesting to see. You know, I, I, do, I actually don't imagine that they do. I think they throw off. I think they throw off and they try to win that game and they, they put Allen West in that, that Southeastern game. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do, what happens. But overall, I, I think Central Methodist just playing at home has a little bit of an edge over Kansas Wesleyan, probably not where Kansas Wesleyan wanted to be, probably not where Kansas Wesleyan should be in this. Uh, I, I just think that, that they're, they could have been somewhere else and, and had a, a bigger impact. So really interesting to see what happens here in this one. But those are our picks. America also picked Southeastern as well. We move on to our next bracket, and that is going to be in Shreveport, Louisiana. Our host is LSU Shreveport, and they are the number one seed in this bracket. LSUS, 44-8, and eight, Red River Athletic Conference regular season champs, 14 straight appearances, 24-20 and 20 all-time, four opening round titles, a 358 team average, a 288 team ERA. Ryan Major is hitting 487 with 92 hits, 22 doubles, and 54 RBIs. Bobby Vath has 73 innings pitch. He's got a 12-1 record. He's got 78 Ks. And a 2-4-7 ERA. McPherson is the two seed here. They are the KCAC automatic qualifier. Their third straight opening round. Three and four all time with no opening round titles. Hitting 322 with a 535 ERA. Antonio Fernandez is hitting 457 with 90 hits, 26 doubles, 13 home runs, and 79 RBIs. Blake Maddock has 80 and two-thirds innings pitch with a 5-3 record, 83 K's, and a 4.24 ERA. Morningside is the three seed. They are 36 and 16 as an at-large, second opening round in their history, one and two with no opening round titles. 334 average with a 558 ERA. Jason Willers is hitting 389 with 18 doubles, 12 home runs, and 58 RBIs. Wade Kennedy, 71 and a third innings pitch, seven and three record, 68 strikeouts, and a 429 ERA. Mid-America Nazarene is 30 and 25. They are the Hart Automatic Qualifier with their six opening round, an eight and eight all-time record in the OR. And one opening round title. 282 average with a 5.52 ERA. Noah Castillo is hitting 363 with 65 hits and 40 RBIs. Zach Trevino has 90 and a third innings pitch with 89 strikeouts in a 389 ERA. Dillard is the five seed here, the GCAC automatic qualifier. They are 22 and 28, one of two teams in this tournament who does not have a winning record. This is their first opening round in program history. They represent the GCAC. They are hitting 280 with an 848 ERA. Jalen Ayers is hitting 371 with 33 RBIs. And Jorge Guerra is uh has 88 and a third innings pitched, 80 strikeouts, 683 ERA. The way that we broke this one down, and Shreveport was America's selection in that. The way that we broke this one down was uh Connor took LSUS. His dark horse is McPherson. Taylor decided to take. LSUS and his dark horse is Morningside. I'm going to go with a one-two punch here. LSUS and McPherson as the one and the two. Uh, LSUS favored to win it. It'll be interesting to see what happens in that one, especially deciding what happens with Mid-America Nazarene against Dillard. They're probably going to throw off uh, and save Trevino for that game against LSU Shreveport. I still like the Pilots, though, to move on. We continue to skip around here, move around, keep you on your toes, and we head out to Georgia, Lawrenceville, Georgia, where the host is Georgia Gwinnett, and the number one overall seed in this bracket is Georgia Gwinnett. The Grizzlies are 47-5, and and they are champions of the CAC with their ninth straight appearance, 24-8 and all-time in the opening round with five opening round titles, a 382 average, a 329 ERA. A.J. 
uh, Zipkowski. I hope I get in that right, AJ, because you've been fantastic all year long. I've heard it said a million times, but when you see it on paper, it's definitely different. A 426 average with 80 hits, 28 home runs, and 88 RBIs, and then Gage Williams has a six, uh, 69 and a third innings pitch with a 9-1 and one record, three complete games, 96 Ks, and 3-2-5 ERA. The two-seed is Freed Hardeman. They are the Mid-South Automatic Qualifier. One of the two, 37-19 record, eighth opening round, 14-11 all-time with two opening round titles. Those were back-to-back years. 3-11 average with a 5.16 ERA. Will McCall is hitting 402 with 72 hits, 15 home runs, and 74 RBIs. Alex Huey with an 80 and a third innings pitch, 7-4 record, 85 Ks, and a 370 ERA. Concordia, Nebraska will make the trip out and the flight out to Lawrenceville. Uh, Concordia, Nebraska is the GPAC automatic qualifier. 38 and 16, fifth opening round, eight and seven all time in the opening rounds with one opening round title, 360 average with a 495 team ERA. Joey Gabranski hitting 387, 74 hits, 24 home runs, 72 RBIs, and then Blake Benson hitting, or excuse me, pitching 65 innings pitch, seven and two, 71 Ks, and a 471 ERA. Starting to talk to myself here, getting to be too much. Midway is the four seed, they're 27 22, and they are the River States automatic qualifier. It is their second opening round. They're 0-2 all-time in the opening round with no opening round titles. Hitting 316 with a 6.52 ERA. Cameron Nichols hitting 399 with nine home runs, 42 RBIs. Owen Clark has 55 in a third innings pitch, 79 Ks and a 4.07 ERA. And the five seed is St. Xavier, the automatic qualifier and the champion of the tournament from the CCAC, who is 31-25, their fifth opening round in program history. They're 2-8 all-time with no opening round titles. 297 average and a 4.46 ERA. Kevin Dowling. Hitting 357 with 14 doubles, 28 RBIs. And uh, Nico Salias is, has 79 innings pitched with a 5 and 4 record, 101 strikeouts, and a 308 ERA. Seeing if he throws in that 4 5 game is going to be really interesting to see what happens there. That could be a great one. How Lawrenceville shook out for us uh, for Taylor. Taylor decided to take uh, Georgia Gwinnett as his champion and his dark horse as Concordia, uh, Nebraska. Connor in Lawrenceville took GGC and Concordia. I am actually going to go one-two punch here as well. I'm going to go GGC and Freed Hardeman. I, I think Freed Hardeman has really kind of started to figure it out late in the year. They've played good baseball. Yeah, they haven't been in the top 25 much. Yeah, they haven't been in the National Live very much because they're not in the top 25. We're not talking about them on rundowns or or anything like that, but they are a good baseball team uh, that has quite a, quite a bit of experience. I expect them to be hyper-competitive in this. Moving around, still, excuse me, America's pick was George Gwinnett. Moving around, still in Kingsport, the host is Visit Kingsport, and the number one overall seed for the first time in what feels like 300 years is not Tennessee Wesleyan. It is Weber International out of the Sun Conference. They got in as an at-large after losing the Sun Conference Championship game to Southeastern, they are 40-15. and 15. Their fifth opening round all-time, 8-7 and seven all-time in the opening rounds with one opening round title, a 283 average with a 421 team ERA. Angel Diaz is hitting 389 with 77 hits and 65 RBIs. Dylan Martin with 87 and two-thirds innings pitch. He's 10-1 with 85 strikeouts and a 298 ERA. Missouri Baptist for most of the season felt like a one seed, but they find themselves at a two here uh, with a 42-7 and seven record. They are an at-large team, and they're 
uh, ninth opening round, but their first since 2017. 17 and 13 all-time and two opening round titles. 347 average with a 432 team ERA. Cole Robinson has a 379 average with 12 home runs, 73 RBIs. Anthony Green on the mound with 73 innings pitch, 11-1 record, 114 Ks, and a 3.45 ERA. Brian is 35-19. and 19. They are the Appalachian Athletic Conference automatic qualifier, their eighth opening round in program history. 11-14 and 14 all-time with no opening round titles, a 3.14 average and a 5.65 ERA. Bryson Lofton is hitting 434 with 89 hits, 20 home runs, and 70 RBIs. Tanner Moylan with 71 innings pitch and a 7-3 record, 70 Ks and a 4-3-1 ERA. And then Indiana Wesleyan is the four seed here. They're 36-18-1. and one. The Crossroads League Automatic Qualifier is the champion of the tournament. Fourth opening round in program history, two and six all-time with no opening round titles. And a 2-8-4 average with a uh, 5-2-5 team ERA in that one. And then as far as... Uh, Players to watch go, Lucas Gooden, 375, average 75 hits, 16 home runs, 59 RBIs, Drew Young, 85 and a third innings, pitch 5 and 1, 84 Ks and a 380 ERA. I will say this, uh, watching the AAC tournament, I was kind of disappointed with the state of the field in Kingsport. I, I know that they're supposed to make some changes to it, but um, disappointed with the state of the field is, is the understatement that I will allow myself to say. Uh, it was not appealing to look at on camera. And I'm sure it was not appealing to look at or, or play on in person. So that's just my two cents on that. I think this is an excellent matchup. Uh, America's pick in this one. This was a tighter one than some of the others. Uh, Weber International got 46% of the vote on 1,400 votes for uh, who America thought would win this. Uh, Missouri Baptist was the two there. As far as Taylor goes in Kingsport, he took Weber and then Missouri Baptist is his dark horse. Connor, for this one, took Weber and Missouri Baptist as well. I, I, I like that. I think that that's a good pick. I think um, Weber or Missouri Baptist could be the, the, the one, could be the team here to represent in, in Lewiston. I think Weber's got the advantage. When you look at Missouri Baptist, they didn't play a great schedule. Uh, I think I want to say they were 157 overall uh, as far as scheduling goes. But, but... You know, when it comes to tournament time, they do have Anthony Green, Cole Robinson. They're legit. They've got some really good offensive players. Weber International played a much tougher schedule. Uh, they've got some experience, especially lately in, in the postseason. It'll be really interesting to see what happens. I'm going to take Weber, but Missouri Baptist, I'm keeping them close as my next pick. We move on. We continue to jump around, and we move into Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara, California, where the host is Westmont, and they are the number one to overall seed Westmont 40-8, and eight, the GSAC champion, with their eighth appearance, 12-12 and 12 all-time in the opening round, and one opening round title, and a 2.95 team average with a 3.79 team ERA. Ryan DeShager hitting 305 with 51 hits, 50 RBIs. Brian Peck with 87 and a third innings pitch. He's got 9-1 and one record, 95 strikeouts, and a 3.09 ERA. Ben Umesa is the two seed here, 42-12, and 12, and... And at large, second opening round, one and two, with no opening round titles and a 357 average and a 493 team ERA. Kevin Fitzgerald is hitting 413 with 56 RBIs and on 93 hits. Makito Barkman has 78 innings pitched, 10 and 1 record, 73 strikeouts and a 288 ERA. The three seed here is Vanguard 
at 33 and 16. They are in at large. Seventh opening round in program history with a 14 and 10 record, one opening round title, and a 285 team average and a 397 ERA. Dane Nakatuska, 347 average, 61 hits, seven home runs, and 31 RBIs. Dylan McDonald, 70 innings pitch, five and two record, 75 Ks. And a 2-4-4 ERA. British Columbia is the four seed here, 34-19. They are the Cascade champion. Tenth opening round in program history. They're 14-18 and 18 all-time with no opening round titles. And a 3-12 average, a 4-8-0 ERA. Aaron Marsh sitting 375 with 72 hits, 45 RBIs. Sean Hepner, 81 in the third innings pitch, 74 record, 87 Ks, and a 3-2-1 ERA. Antelope Valley, the five seed, the champion of the Cal Pack, 30-14 on their season. Uh, fifth opening round, seven and seven, all time in that with one opening round title, three sixty four team average and a five four one team ERA. Raul Sandoval is hitting three fifty eight, fifty nine hits, fifteen home runs, seventy five RBIs, and Colby Ring, sixty one and two thirds innings pitch, five and one record, sixty seven Ks, and a four six seven ERA. This this is one that I was kind of talking about earlier. You know, I, I get it. You got to keep some of these West Coast teams can't really travel. Uh, this is a West Coast heavy. You will have a West Coast representative at the World Series. This is an all West Coast bracket, you know, and and it's um, just depends on how you see it. That's all I'll say. So overall, on this one, uh, I, I definitely think that that Westmont would be favored here, in my opinion, for uh, Connor. He went Westmont Vanguard for Taylor. He went Westmont Vanguard. I like Westmont Vanguard right now. Um, I think that America likes Westmont as well. 45% of America on 1,500 votes. Pick Westmont. The next team, uh, though, was Benu Mesa. It'll be interesting to see what that looks like overall. But uh, two teams, two different sets of teams from the same conference, both Westmont Vanguard from the GSAC and Benu Mesa and Antelope Valley from the CalPAC. So don't be surprised if British Columbia makes a run also. They have uh, f- just found ways in the postseason to make themselves just absolutely relevant for so many reasons. We move on to Bellevue. Bellevue is the host, and they are the number one seed, 45-8 and eight in the NSAA automatic qualifier, 13th appearance, 12th straight, 24-20 and 20 all-time, third opening round title, 348 average and a 414 ERA. Jake Lacey is hitting 332. With 65 hits, 13 home runs, 67 RBIs. Blake Crippen have 83rd and a, 84 and a third innings pitched, <laughs> nine and two record, five complete games, 66 strikeouts, and a 3.52 ERA. Doan from the G Pack is 42 and 10. Their sixth opening round, five and 10, with no opening round titles and a 3.31 team average and a 3.82 team ERA. Lucas White is hitting 4.25 with 79 hits, 20 doubles, 15 home runs, and 64. RBIs. Aaron Forrest has 82 innings pitched, 10-2 record, 77 Ks, and a 2-6-3 ERA. I want to see Aaron Forrest against this next guy. The three seed is Oklahoma City, who is 30-19, the Sooner Athletic Conference champion. 13th opening round, 29-14 all-time with six opening round titles. 303 team average with a 4-9-2 team ERA. Trent Kearley hitting 399 with 69 hits, 14 home runs, 60 RBIs, and Eli Davis on the bump, 11 and 2, 94 and a third innings pitch, 124 strikeouts and a 191 ERA. The 4 seed is Grandview, 34 and 12, the Hart Automatic Qualifier. Uh they are in their 5th opening round all-time, but they're 3 and 8 in those. 
No opening round titles, a 319 team average and a 519 team ERA. Eric Brookmeyer uh, hitting 380 on the year with 60 hits, 17 doubles, six home runs, 41 RBIs. Hope I got that right, brother. And Drew Kahn with 56 and a third innings pitch, 10 and 0 record, 59 Ks and a 415 ERA. This one is tricky. This one is tricky because you could see Bellevue winning it, but at the same time, you could see something crazy happening. Uh, Connor in this one is going to take Bellevue and, or excuse me, Taylor is going to take Bellevue and his dark horse is Doan. Connor took Bellevue and his dark horse is Oklahoma City. I am going to go totally off the cuff here. I am going to go totally opposite of uh, what those guys went. I, I, I want to do a little something different here. So I am going to go Oklahoma City. And I don't think you can go a one seed, although 100% I could see Bellevue winning this. I'm taking Oklahoma City. They've been on fire lately. They're playing some of their best baseball of the year. It could just be a case of a team getting hot at that right moment. So uh, Doan is going to be the dark horse there. But, I mean, I wouldn't doubt it if Bellevue just ran through it. I just think for the sake of of taking something that you just feel good about a team, Oklahoma City would be that team. And I, I think I feel good about them. I think that they're a team to watch, and I think that they're a team that you don't want in your tournament. Eli Davis is, talent-wise, either the best or one of the best pitchers in the nation. Um, he is incredible to watch, and you might score a couple of runs off of him, but you're going to have to keep it going because he's going to stick in there, bear down, bow his neck, and continue to come at you. And uh, he's tough to beat. He's tough to beat. America's choice was Bellevue. Their second pick was Oklahoma City in this one as well. We move on and continue to skip around, and we come here now to Williamsburg, Kentucky, where the host is the number one seed, Cumberland's Kentucky, at 46-7, and seven, the Mid-South Automatic Qualifier, in their sixth straight appearance, 7-10 and 10 all-time, with no opening round titles, and a 356 team average, and a 347 team ERA. Max Harper is hitting 411 with 81 hits, 14 doubles, 20 home runs, and 80 RBIs. Nico Billings has 60 and two-thirds innings pitch, a 7-0 record, 63 Ks, and a 297 ERA. The two seed is Mobile, who's 35 and 13 and the champion of the Southern States Athletic Conference, which I'm still very perplexed how, in my opinion, that was a top two conference in the nation. Only got two teams into the tournament this year. Third opening round for the first time since uh, 2019. They are into the tournament, one and four all time with no opening round titles and a 335 average with a 629 ERA. Tucker Musgrove is hitting 419 with 75 hits, 48 RBIs. And then Kyle White. 62 and two-thirds innings pitch, six and two record, one save as well. 50 strikeouts and a 3.59 ERA. Columbia is in as the AMC automatic qualifier champion, 38 and 13. Fourth opening round, three and six all-time in those with no opening round titles. 328 team average, 362 team ERA. Caden Nicoletto is hitting 407 with 40 with 77 hits, 21 home runs, and 61. RBIs, Bryce Taylor with 87 and third innings pitch, 10 and four record, 77 Ks and a 289 ERA. This is a very young Columbia team and a team that is going to be pretty good down the road. Reinhardt is the four seed in the last team to get into the tournament at 33 and 18, or at least the last team in the uh, selection show that we were shown to get into the tournament. They are an at large, their fourth opening round, seven and five in opening round tie, uh, matchups. And one opening round title with a 318 average and a 580 ERA. Tucker Zadunich with a 349 average 
60 hits on the year, 62 runs, 13 home runs, and 49 RBIs. Ethan Foley on the bump, 82 innings pitch, 74 record, 83 Ks, and a 472 ERA. This is going to be a very good bracket to watch. I think it's going to be very offensive. It'll be who can pitch the best is going to come away in this one. Uh, so a lot to watch here in Williamsburg. As far as Williamsburg is concerned with America, Cumberland's Kentucky was their pick to get over the hump for the first time in program history with 55% of their vote. Mobile had 19. Surprisingly here, Reinhardt, the four seed, had third most votes with 15%. When it comes to Taylor Thomas, who did he take in Williamsburg? And Taylor Thomas, actually, I don't think he gave us a winner for Williamsburg. I'm looking here. Oh, yes, he did. Okay, Mobile was his winner, and his dark horse was Columbia. So an interesting take there from Taylor Thomas. Uh, For Connor Darnell, Cumberland's was his selection, and Columbia is his dark horse. I like Columbia as a dark horse. I think Mobile's a great team. They can slug it. This is going to be a super offensive, one of several super offensive brackets. Hitting throughout the league is way up. Pitching throughout the league is way down. Teams with the best pitching are going to go ahead and pull this, pull these things off. But but in this one, right now, I, I like Cumberland's Kentucky as my selection. I, I think that at some point they're going to get over the hump. Why not this year? Uh, Columbia, though, would be my dark horse uh, pick as well. Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and the host is William Carey. They are also the number one overall seed. William Carey, the Crusaders, 44-9 in their ninth opening round appearance, 17-15 and 15 overall. One opening round title. They're at Milt Wheeler Field with a 3-4-3 average and a 5-2-3 ERA. R.J. Stinson is hitting 417 with 98 hits, 17 doubles, 11 home runs, and 72 RBIs. A.J. Stinson has 66 and two-thirds innings pitch, a 6-2 record, 87 Ks, and a 3.38 ERA. Texas Wesleyan is 36-14. and 14. They are an at-large in the two-seed here in their seventh opening round, 12-12 and 12 all-time in opening round. With no opening round titles, hitting 352 as a team with a 574 team ERA. Grayson Barrett hitting 397, 75 hits, 20 home runs, 84 RBIs. Sutton Tidwell, 49 and third innings pitch, 5 and 3 record, 50 Ks, and a 328 team ERA. Ave Maria is the three seed with a 34 and 16 record. They are in at large. Second opening round, and they're first since 2013. 1 and 2 record, no opening round titles. A 309 average and a 554 team ERA. Jose Gonzalez is hitting 385, 58 hits, seven home runs, and 46 RBIs. And uh, Cameron Horner has 85 and a third innings pitch, an 11 and three record, 77 Ks, and a 454 ERA. Also, uh, Daniel Kaler, where does he rank all time in Jirene history uh, for for players there? And um, is he the best athlete in the family? Is Kaler is is Daniel Kaler the best athlete in the family? Because I know you know Riley was never Sun Conference Player of the Week to my knowledge, so you know that's something to to talk about in the Kaler household. And and shout out to all of the Kaler family. They're good people. And Riley, a former Seahawk when I was at Kaiser as well. The four seed is Union, 30-17-1, Appalachian Athletic Conference Automatic Qualifier, fifth opening round, 6-8 and eight record, no opening round titles, a 3-2-5 team average, and 5-4-6 ERA. Angel Mendoza is incredible. 4-11 average, 67 hits, 24 home runs, 51 RBIs. Ethan Warren, 69 in the third innings pitch, 8-4 and four record, 63 Ks, and a 4-1-5 ERA. And then UHV, Houston Victoria, the Harvard of the South, according to our friend... 
Dez over at Apollo Media in Houston. Houston Victoria, the former Jaguar himself, is 26-25, and 25, the Red River Athletic Conference tournament champion. Fourth opening round there first since 2014. Five and six record, no opening round titles, 299 average, 558 ERA. Hayden Lopez is hitting 339 with 58 hits, 30 RBIs. Mason Longoria, 85 and two-thirds innings pitch, five and six record, 75 Ks, and a 4.73 ERA. How this one shakes out and where we pick these teams, uh, it's going to look like this. America in that bracket went ahead and s- selected William Carey by the slimmest of margins. This was our tightest one. William Carey on thirteen over 1,300 votes, almost 1,400, had 36% of the vote. Texas Wesleyan, 34. Ave Maria, 21. So definitely our slimmest margins here. Connor Darnell in this one did pick William Carey. His dark horse was Ave Maria Taylor Thomas in this one, took William Carey. His dark horse is Texas Wesleyan. I like that. I like that one with Taylor. Um, my pick is William Carey. I think offensively and pitching-wise, they they might, they might probably had the best staff, I think, in this tournament uh, or in that bracket. But uh, this is going to be just an extremely offensive bracket. It'll be fun to watch. It'll be fun to see. Uh, so Texas Wesley in the dark horse in that one. We move on to Upland, Indiana, where the host is Taylor, but the number one seed is Tennessee Wesleyan, 42 and nine, an at-large bid, 14th straight appearance, 34 and 19 all time, and six opening round titles, 317 average and a 414 ERA. Dan Sayer is hitting 341 with 71 hits and 12 home runs, 54 RBIs. Blake Payton, 65 and two-thirds innings pitch, eight no record, 100 Ks, and a 356 ERA. The two-seed is Taylor, the host team as well, 37-15 and 15 in the Crossroads regular season champ. Eighth opening round, 6-14 all-time there with no opening round titles and a 309 team average with a 4.79 ERA. Caleb Colpian hitting 429 with 88 hits and 45 RBIs. Matt Dukowski, 69 and two-thirds innings pitch, 6-2 record, 76 Ks and a 3.36 ERA. The three-seed is Cumberland, Tennessee. They are in as the at-large at 35-13-1. See, I got it right that time. For the Phoenix, it's their seventh opening round, 15-9 and all-time with two opening round titles, 334 team average and a 650 TBRA. What is one of my two finalists for player of the year, uh, the Lou Brock Award, Cole Turney hitting 523. Yep, 523. 68 hits, 31 home runs, and 74 RBIs. Ethan Torres with 57 and two-thirds innings pitch, 4-1 and record, 52 Ks, and 375 ERA. The four seed is Point Park who is 36-15. They are the uh, champion of the River States Conference, seventh opening round, 9-10 and 10 record, one opening round title there. 3-16 team average and a 3-4-8 team ERA. Jared Campbell is hitting 387, 65 hits, 16 home runs, 68 RBIs. Easton Klein, 88 and third innings pitch, 8-5 and five record, 86 Ks, and 285 ERA. The five seed here is Fisher, who's 29-23, and 23, and the other team from the independent CAC, the Continental Athletic Conference, or the formerly artist note, formerly known as the Association of Independent Institutions. Third opening round, they are 0-4 all-time in opening round matchups. No opening round titles and a 309 average 713 team ERA. Ivan Well Hernandez is legit. 495 average, 93 hits, 13 home runs, 66 RBIs, and Van Serrano on the mound, 70 and 70 innings pitch, a 5-7 record, 49 strikeouts, and a 5-4-0 ERA. In this one, 
I know in just about every one we've taken the number one seeds. Uh, in this one, you know, I, I feel strongly about Tennessee Wesleyan. I feel like Tennessee Wesleyan hasn't played great baseball at, at points this year. I feel like they've played good baseball. I feel like um, maybe they haven't figured it all out altogether. There's no better time to do that than right now. It's been kind of up and down. They don't have some of the, the serious magnitude of players that they've had in past years. Um, you know, and that's that's tough to do when you lose that many guys over 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 a year. But I think that they're still really good ball club. I think that they they would be a team that I'm I I would take here. I think Connor takes them as well. But Taylor, I know for sure takes them in in Cumberland, Tennessee, as his dark horse. Connor on his side is going to take Tennessee Wesleyan and Cumberland, Tennessee. I love those. I think both of those teams are are really strong. I think Cumberland, Tennessee was a great team to get in because I I, I just really think that they have they, they have an ability with their offense. Their pitching not there yet. Maybe it'll get there. Maybe not right now, but but their offense I think has has a great ability to to make things happen. And if they can outslug teams, I think Point Park has some good pitching that'll be tested in this tournament. Taylor that Taylor Cumberland Tennessee game is going to be a great one. But I think Tennessee Wesleyan has the overall advantage here, and America feels the same way with 63% going to Tennessee Wesleyan. Last but not least, and I I don't think there's anybody more thrilled to come to this point, (laughs) this last bracket, than I am. In Lewiston, Idaho, the host from Harris Field is Lewis Clark State, and they're not the one seed in this one, folks. The one seed is Hope International. At 33 and nine, they are an at-large bid with a, in their fifth opening round, 10 and six all time with one opening round title, a 3.43 team average, a 4.38 team ERA. David Rivera is hitting 4.02 with 66 hits, 16 home runs, 44 RBIs. Hector Garcia, 51 in the third innings pitch, a 4.0 record, 87 Ks, and a 1.93 ERA. He has been lights out this year. The two seed is Science and Arts of Oklahoma at 34 and 18. They are an at-large. Eighth opening round, 12 and 8 all time with two opening round titles. Peyton McDowell is hitting 405 with 70 hits, 15 home runs, and 70 RBIs. 71 RBIs, excuse me. Reed Butts, shout out to Reed. 75 and two thirds innings pitch, 9 and 2 record, 87 Ks, and a 4 4 ERA. Concordia Ann Arbor, for the first time in school history, is in. They are the Wolverine Hoosier Athletic Conference regular season champion, their first opening round appearance. 326 team average, 379 team ERA. Drew Fleming is hitting 349 with 68 hits, 23 home runs, 69 RBIs. Tyson Kleinfelter, 73 innings pitch, an 11 and 1 record, 101 Ks with a 259 ERA. And the four seed, I know you've been waiting to hear their name. The four seed is Lewis Clark State. Yes, they are the four seed here with a 30 and 16 record. They are the league automatic qualifier for the entire nation. Their second opening round in program history. 3-1 all-time in the opening round with an opening round title last year. 317 average, 459 ERA. Nick Siemens is hitting 360 with 67 hits, 15 home runs, 44 RBIs. Trevin Hope, 46 in the third innings pitch, 5-3, and three, 49 Ks in a 350 team, or 350 ERA for Hope. Before we get into the picks for this one, this is, to me, the most interesting. Um, Hope International is, is, I think, much deeper. Last year, I didn't, I didn't think that they were had an opportunity to make it to the World Series. I didn't think they were deep enough, especially on the pitching side. And I think those GSAC teams tend to be a little thin overall in pitching after a couple of guys. I think this Hope International team is has you know a, a, a little bit of a deeper feel to it than what these teams normally have on, on the mound. 
And I think that HIU um, has a great opportunity. I think you throw Hector Garcia in that first game. You have to. My one thing with LC is a couple of couple of thoughts. One, they have way too much talent to be a four seed. At some point, they will wake up and and you know maybe in the playoff environment at home, it'll be that moment. Uh, I think that that between Siemens, uh, Desaw, you know, just so many players on that team that that have talent um and especially on their pitching staff and none of their pitchers have really been stretched out that's something else to to keep in mind I don't think they have anybody that's thrown over 50 innings this year none of their pitchers have been stretched out none of their pitchers have have had you know stress too much stress put on their arms they're they're ready and rearing to go it would not surprise me if LC jumps up and, and wins this at 30 and 16 now granted it wouldn't surprise me either if if they don't they don't make it uh because I've I've actually heard a lot of their games. I haven't watched it. I have heard it. I think that they have one of the best radio broadcasts nationally. And uh, I am a regular listener to KOZE when I want to hear a, a good baseball game uh, called. And, and KOZE does a fantastic job of that in the LC Valley. This is going to be an interesting one because uh, you, you don't know what's going to happen. I think you have no choice but to throw Hector Garcia in that first game, give it your all, and try to give that team that first loss and see if he can come back around. I mean, there's there's so many options that can happen there. <laughs> come back around in two days. Um, you know, he's legit, but but HIU, I think, has the pitching to be able to 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 defend themselves this year. And, and obviously, they've got the offense. USAO is a huge threat here in this one. They get in as an at-large. Uh, McDowell's having a, a great end of the year he's really hot CUAA has never been here they are a wild card what could they do you know if they go in with absolutely no fear they have if they have no fear of Harris Field what can they do you know what can they do can they they can really surprise some people it's it could be really interesting to watch uh it'll be interesting I want to see what the environment's like I want to see what the overall's like I'm looking forward to watching this one um I'm hoping that that we'll be able to you know, uh, get it. I, I don't know if it'll be free. It probably won't be. I'm hoping that it is, though. So we'll we'll see there. But but we still have to make picks. This is going to be the most interesting bracket in the country, though, in my opinion. We still have to make picks. And according to America, in Lewiston, Science and Arts receives the most votes uh, out of 1,500, almost 1,600 with 37%. Hope International with 30 and Lewis Clark State with 23. Uh, I'm going to start with Taylor's pick here in Lewiston. Um, Hope International is his selection. I like that. Uh, And his dark horse is USAO. Connor, who is paid by uh, Science and Arts, says, uh, the Drover's baby, woo. I want you to say it just like that, just like I said it right there. Uh, That is what Connor said in his notes. His dark horse is LC. This is a tough one for me because I like USAO. I think USAO can win this. Um, I think Hope International, if they pitch the way they can, if that that pitching staff is there, has a great opportunity in in this one. Ooh, boy. HIU, I, I'm going to go with is my pick. I know we've selected a lot of number ones. I think uh, there's a gap between these number one seeds, you know, a lot of these really good number one seeds and some of the other teams nationally. I also think there's a gap between the top three or four teams in the nation and everybody else. Uh, with that being said, LC is is my dark horse. I, I can't do it. Um, I said it for Faulkner. 
until they're not in the tournament, I won't believe it. They're not in the tournament, I finally believe it. LC until they're not in the World Series, I won't believe it. If it, and you know, it'll be really interesting to to see what happens. If I can give you one piece of advice, it's the people in Lewiston that that cover it, uh, KLU, KOZE, as well as the our friends at the Lewiston Tribune uh, are doing absolutely incredible, incredible, incredible job of covering uh, baseball out there for the World Series, everything like that, and. Um, you know, it, I think it's it's definitely, definitely, definitely going to be uh, a great bracket to watch. So I'm looking forward to seeing that here. We've talked for almost an hour at this point of recording. When I edit it, it won't be <laughs> this long. But we've talked for a while, and I'm ready to get going. But I have got one more piece for you here. It is World Series participants and titles by conference since 2013. The Appalachian Athletic Conference has had five World Series participants They have a record of 8-9 and with one World Series title since 2013 and a runner-up. The American Midwest Conference has four participants with a record of 6-6. and No titles, but they do have a runner-up in Freed Hardeman. The CalPAC has one participant. They went 2-2, which was Antelope Valley. No titles, no runner-up. The Cascade has nine, all nine of those since 2013 being Lewis Clark State. Lewis Clark State has a record of 31-15 with three titles and three runners-up. Uh, that is back when they would get the automatic qualifier bid straight to the World Series. The CCAC does not have uh, a representative since 2013. The uh, CAC has five. It is all Georgia Gwinnett, who is 11-8 and eight at the World Series with a title. The Crossroads League has not had a representative since 2013. The GSAC has had seven. They have a record of 6-14 and 14 at the World Series on national ground. No titles, no runner-up. The GPAC has one. They are 0-2, and, and that is Concordia, Nebraska. Uh, the Hart has had two, three and four record, which uh, is not correct. It doesn't feel right. Uh, but three and four record, maybe it is, with one runner up, which is Central Methodist. KCAC has had six. They are six and 12, uh, just like the GSAC. A lot of representatives, but few wins. Titles, uh, no titles, no runners up. The Mid South, four. They are seven and seven with a national championship. The NSA has had three, all of those being Bellevue. They are six and six. The Red River Athletic Conference has had three. Shout out to the Northwood Knights. Four and six as well in those appearances. The River States has had one. They are two and two. The Sooner Athletic Conference, another one with a ton of representation in that, uh, but not or excuse me, the uh, Southern States, who has had 13, excuse me, not a lot of wins, a lot of wins to show for that. They are tied, actually, the Southern States. Outside, okay, so really quickly, if we take out Lewis and Clark here and their automatic representation that they got in those nine years, minus last year, minus last year, I will count last year's wins, but if we take out Lewis and Clark's automatic pass to the World Series, the Southern States, when it comes to it, I said I said the opposite, but the Southern States has them had the most wins, a lot of representation, a lot in the most wins, Tied for the most wins per conference. 13 teams have made it. They've gone one one title, Faulkner, and two runners-up, Faulkner, Faulkner. That is tied. That 29-24 and 24 record is tied for the most wins with the Sun Conference, who since 2013 has had 11 participants with a 29-21 and 21 record, two titles, two runners-up. And the WAC has had three teams with a 2-6 and six record and one title. The KCAC and the GSAC are looking for more representation this year. I think they have a good opportunity 
to get that. And I think they have a good opportunity to make their biggest case over the last few years. What has been their biggest case over the last few years for having good teams, not regionally, but nationally. I think Hope International and Westmont are, are really good programs. And I think the KCAC is going to try to put something together in, in their representatives, uh, you know, to to see if, if they can really bring on some national attention and some wins in Lewiston. Some of these teams haven't had wins in Lewiston in, in, in those conferences in quite a few years. They're looking to change that this year. And I think especially for the GSAC, this is their best opportunity in quite a while to do so. It is the best time of the year. It is the postseason. It is high energy. It is high strung. It is high tension. It is live and die on every pitch. And we are going to be with you every step of the way. This will get edited. It'll be put out on Sunday on Mother's Day. Um, We are going to have a Twitter Spaces every single night. Every single night. Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. And even Thursday, if we have to, we're going to go over the coverage nationally. All across the nation, every single bracket, we're going to dive into some of the games. We're going to tell you the scores, stats, news, information. There is no better place to go for all of your news, stats, scores, and information than NAI Ball. That's at NAI Ball on Twitter. We're excited to have you along on the ride with us. Please continue to pray for Cody and his family. We appreciate each and every one of you who are part of our family. As always, I am your host, Robbie Gutierrez, at RobG1063. Coaches, feel free to reach out to me whenever you want. Players, guys, if this is it for y'all, thank you so much for being part of our family for whether it was one, two, three, four, five, six, some of you, six years. Uh, We appreciate each and every one of you. We hope that you stay close to your program, and we hope that you stay close to us as we continue to try to build this brand and continue to give it the attention that it deserves and it does not get. So we continue, uh, we'll continue to do that and, and carry the, the torch here. And we hope that you, as alumni, continue to come back and support your programs and be fans of, of ours and keep up with what is going on nationally. So until next time, thank you all for everything, seniors. We'll talk to you again soon. Have a great day and an even better tomorrow.